we're still married, but according to TikTok, we are on the outs, actually. We're still sleeping together, but we're not sleeping together, if you know what I mean. If you're gonna fight in front of people, that kind of breaches the level of trust. You always, in a marriage, want to respect the oneness of your relationship. Setting boundaries with the hospital visit is super important. If you just have the uncomfortable conversation beforehand, then it solves all of that. Open communication is so important. Hey, before we get started, if you guys could please leave a review for our podcast, it helps us out so much you would not even know. So just take literally 10 seconds, leave a review. You could just say it's a great podcast or it's okay. Literally say whatever. We don't care. Um, the review would really mean a lot to us. Thanks. Now let's get to the episode. What's up, dudes? And welcome back to the Unplanned Podcast. <laughs> that never gets old. No, I it's... honestly feel like people immediately <laughs> click off. They're just like, what the heck are these? Who are these wackos? Does that really represent us? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We I, are kind of high energy. Yeah, we kind of are. We're a little weird too, so it's all good. I'm excited for this episode. I don't know exactly what's happening. Abby had this big idea. She had you guys on the podcast Instagram DM us questions, I guess. Well, I definitely didn't come up with this concept. Like, oh, ask okay. columns have been around for centuries. Oh, so we did an ask Wait, column. I didn't mean centuries. I meant decades, but okay. probably centuries too. Yeah, I'm sure the Romans were doing ask columns. And probably. Some they'd probably write in and on like papyrus and be like, yeah. what should I do about the situation? That's pretty crazy. We've evolved so much as humanity. Now we're freaking DMing podcast <laughs> accounts with questions. To people that are not qualified to be I know. <laughs> like, Let's actually do a big disclaimer. We're just like regular people. Like we're not, we're not doctors. We don't have degrees in this. Abby's the only one with a college degree in this room right now so um well i mean honestly if you need serious relationship advice which i think a lot of these are relationship related really do seek a counselor yeah um this is just for entertainment purposes only (laughs) um we're still married but according to tiktok we are on the outs actually so um let's talk about take this advice with a grain of salt abby posted a video last night about how we haven't been sleeping together and tiktok is freaking out thinking that we're like headed for divorce which yeah. is hilarious. Um, well, I mean, I gave them all the context I thought that justified our sleep divorce, but... Um, I guess that's the official term. If you don't sleep in the same bed as your spouse, technically it's called sleep divorce. Now, we, we're we still sleeping together, but we're not sleeping together, if you know what I mean. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry, Abby. Anyway... Well, okay, um, here's the thing is that, like, I explained in the TikTok, but, like, our son still wakes up in the night, and I'm pregnant, and... Um, you're not able to take naps. Abby hates naps more than anybody I've ever I've ever met in my life. And I so also I'm, can't sleep in anymore. And I'm like, dude, just take a nap. And you're like, I literally can't. So if Abby gets four hours of sleep, she can't. Like, it's like she's not gonna be able to nap. So what I do is I wake up with Griffin throughout the night if he wakes up. And then if I need to, I can sleep in. And then Abby will wake up with Griffin if it's a really bad night. But then that way she's always getting good quality sleep. So it's a really good, it's a good thing. It's been working for us. I mean, even when we were doing that, when you were getting up with Griffin, but you were still in the same room, I would still wake up obviously because I could hear him crying on the monitor. Yeah. And then... I, then I started to just listen to the monitor and he wasn't even crying, but I was awake, just like stressing about it. So yeah. this is working out for now, but I'm thinking that pretty soon he's going to be sleeping through the night and we will be back together again. Yeah. But all that being said, we've been married now for almost four years. We're just giving this advice based off of our experience and we're not <laughs> medical professionals. So we're definitely not getting medical mind. advice. I don't oh, know where this that's... Is not, oh yeah. This is not medical. This is just like... I don't know, relationship talk. I don't even know. What what are these questions? I don't know. Let's get I the actually first don't one. know either. So we had um, like our trusty helper go through these. So we are having a fresh perspective on these and can give just like oh, sweet. 
an honest, fresh take. So well, let's get right into it. So what's um, the first question first somebody had First of all, thank you to everyone who sent one of these in. Um, if you don't follow our Instagram already, follow the Unplanned Podcast on Instagram. So you can be involved in one of these future episodes. Totally. Um, I'm literally just going to start with this one. I'm having trouble deciding where I want to settle down. I'm from Canada, but I've been living in France for a few years, and I can't seem to imagine my future here, but I also don't really want to go back to Canada, and it's getting late in life to test out a third option. I'm in my late 20s, and I want a family, so I think it's time to start thinking about this seriously. I know you've moved around a lot as well. How did you make your decision? Do you feel like you have to stay put now that you have a family? Any advice? Ooh, that's really good. So we have moved around a lot. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, so we moved to college together, which was about four hours yeah. from where we were living it with our like parents. It was like four-ish from you, three hours from where I grew up. So it definitely was like far enough away to where it was like moving away. You're finding new community yeah, altogether. Found yeah, found completely new community and then... Which I will say this, even though it was only four hours, I feel like away is away. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely very different. Like, we made all new friends, mm-hmm. um, made all connect- new connections. That's where we, like, really grew up was in college. We found our independence there. Yeah, I loved college. I loved the freedom that it gave us. For sure. And then came the big move just a few years later where to we Hawaii. literally moved to the middle of the Pacific Ocean to Hawaii. Yeah, we did that about two years ago. We knew nobody there. Realistically, we knew nobody upon moving. But we did have some connections. We knew a few creators from Instagram. We knew like Britt and Connor Kent from Instagram. We were just like Instagram friends with them before we moved. And um, they were super nice. They actually helped us find a place in Hawaii before we moved there. And then we secured that uh, little house on the beach, little cottage. It was 500. Was it 400 or 500 square feet? I think it was 500 square feet. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we knew like somebody else. But uh, the, uh, the, I'm like blanking right now. The Beastons. The Beastons. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. No, we we just moved there two years ago. Lived there for a year. Then we moved to Arizona. Now we've been in Arizona for a year. So we've kind of been all over. I dare to say, though, we feel like we're probably going to stay in Arizona long term. Honestly, yes. Because um, I kind of feel what you're feeling. Like when there comes a time in your life where you're like, okay, I want to put down roots somewhere. And I mean, I think there's a way to do it that's probably healthy but usually with kids it's probably better to stay more put if possible yeah i understand their circumstances like military family for instance like they have to move around a lot um and if depending on parents jobs but if it's possible i think it's better to stay put so then they have some consistency growing up in their childhood Mm -hmm. i mean we're not quite there yet but i think for us moving closer to family was definitely a good idea because now it only takes us three hours to fly and see our family in the Midwest before it was like a nine hour flight. Um, So it's, it's definitely something that we're doing a lot more. We're seeing family a lot more now that we're only three hours away. So I don't know if you're in France and you're thinking about settling down and starting a family. Well, she said she can't seem to imagine her future there. Really? Yeah. Well then she doesn't want to go back to Canada. Oh shoot. Cause I was going to say go back to Canada. Hmm, that is tough because i think if you find your person like say she wants to travel the world and explore like maybe she she could she could go back to canada find the person she wants to marry and then from there they could go travel but then at the same time she's marrying someone she can't necessarily make sure go looking for love i think love kind of finds you that's true we weren't looking for love when we found each other it just happened you because you're still single even though you're in your late 20s which is still very young because you're still single and you want to start a family 
then and you don't see yourself did your stomach just growl it was my stomach yes are you all right i'm all right i think that you're <laughs> not as tied down as you think you are because you don't you're not married and you don't have children yet i say you have plenty of time to test out a third option oh you're t- you're telling her to send it and just go move somewhere else yeah why not okay send it you're still young you're still in your 20s and you don't want to go back to canada and you're already not feeling like france is the long term for you I think you just haven't found your, I think you still have more adventure in you. You haven't found your forever spot. I think that's good advice. Spot. I think you got to follow your heart above all. You got to follow your heart. Um, when we moved to Hawaii, people told us not to do it. And even though we only lived there a year, like I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we got to experience that. I think um, there are some people in life that are truly nomads and like are meant to just go with the breeze. But I think yeah, we're kind of that way, honestly. No, I, I don't think we are actually. I think really? we love to travel, but I think in our hearts we knew it's not like, you know, we found the perfect place because every place you're going to live is going to come with pros and cons. But we found a place that we feel comfortable committing to in the long term yeah. but also with the freedom to be like you know something might come up in the future we might be somewhere else yeah what's the next question what do we got next question me and my girlfriend of one year and three months want to get married next year we are 18 both turning 19 soon so we will be 20 when we get married her parents don't want us to get married anytime soon and think we should wait a few years what should we do wow that's a good question um Wow. I mean, okay, first of all, you wow, seem... Wow, this feels like yeah, very personal. Very personal. <laughs> I mean, first of all, my initial thought was like, wow, they're so young. But then I'm like, Matt, like you were you were 18 in the same situation, right? Like I wanted to marry you when I was 18. Yeah, I was 19 when we got engaged. And we were yeah. already talking about marriage by the time... I mean, I don't even think I was 18 before we were talking about marriage. Yeah, we were talking about marriage before you were 18. We were 18 and 17. Yeah. So, so I totally can relate to you guys. This is such a it's a tough position to be in. Yeah. I, I wanna t- I wanna play devil's advocate for a second because the fact is marriage is a very, very big commitment. And I think it's important to listen to the I guess I don't wanna say negative voices, but people who are just not being like, Yeah, go for it, you know, send it, you know, yeah, like not your like not that they're not your cheerleaders, yeah. but not the people that are just like your yes people. Yeah, you you really need to listen to those voices when you're considering marriage because it's a very big decision. Like probably the biggest decision you can make in your life. It's bigger than having deciding to have kids. It, I don't know, kids and marriage are both up there, I think. They're both huge, but I mean, ultimately you're gonna spend more time with your spouse in your lifetime. So I think like you really need to think through all of that because it's it is a big decision um and once you make that big decision you just gotta you gotta stick to it because it's gonna it's going to be hard like marriage isn't all sunshine and rainbows like everyone in their marriage goes through hardship it's just it's just a matter yeah we're major proponents of marriage we are obviously but um that also comes with understanding that yeah it's full of it's full of challenges. So I would listen to the the voices pushing back. I would strongly consider what they're saying and think about like, do I think they're right? Do I think they have a point? Do I, why do I think that my way is um, a better option? Why or why not? Like really consider those voices because um, it is such a big decision. Yeah, we can speak to our experience a bit. There was a lot of tough conversations specifically with my parents. And that was because it was, probably a similar situation where they just simply thought I was too young and there was a lot of emotional and honestly heated conversations about it and um ultimately for us it came to we didn't want to wait just 
to wait. Um, if there was like leg- like legitimate reasons other than just our age, we definitely wanted to listen to them and entertain those. And there were some reasons and we addressed those and kind of worked through them internally, got mentors and spoke with them and then ultimately decided that we wanted to seal the deal and yeah. we were still pretty young when it happened. But mm-hmm. um, An- yeah, it was a good, it was a tough time. Another big thing is finances. So um, immediately upon uh, starting college, I started looking for jobs and I think I found a job either in the first week or the second week of, of school because um, I was like, okay, I got to figure out how I can make money so I can support my wife and future kids and all that. Uh, because like mar- when you're married, like you don't you don't rely on mommy and daddy to pay the bills. I mean, obviously, the, I know there are people who are married that might have uh, support, like maybe their parents pay their phone bill, which is like super generous. And if your parents like want to do that for you, cool. Like, honestly, all power to you. But you also need to take into consideration the fact that you got to financially support yourself. And when you're young, that's a big transition because I was coming out of high school. I was like doing theater and shows. And then I'm like, oh, frick, I need to learn how money works. Right. So I would say definitely start reading up on your Dave Ramsey books on your <laughs> um, maybe there's a, a book called uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. It's really good. It's about building wealth. It's just understanding how money and finances work, because it's really important to be able to financially support your marriage. Luckily, um, a blessing we've had in our marriages, we've never fought about money, which I I think like money causes a lot of fights in marriages from it's what I've heard. It's actually surprising that we've never Yeah, we fight a lot, but we've, <laughs> we've never fought, we've never fought about money. And um, yeah, that's just been a huge blessing for us because I think initially with the idea of getting married, we like really took seriously the fact that we needed to financially support ourselves. So don't, don't just like gloss over that detail because it's a very important thing to be able to pay your bills, pay rent, pay mm-hmm. for the electricity bill, all that. Yeah. Ultimately, young marriage was the best decision for us because yeah. we've grown up together. And I mean, I feel like our relationship is so deep because yeah. we've seen each other. I was talking with Matt about this the other day. I was like, I've literally seen you turn into a man. Like, Yeah. And I've seen you turn into a woman. And so it's like so cool that, I mean, our love has already seen so many seasons. Yeah. Well, wow, that was like so poetic of it's me. Beautiful. It it's is beautiful. It is beautiful, really. And so... um. I still think it's an amazing thing to consider, but also, yeah, I think Matt had great advice in saying, listen to the people that are saying no and kind of lean into that and take the decision very seriously. Yeah. One other uh, brief thing. It's funny. I've noticed a lot of people that get married young um, have like, just from my experience have been very successful people, which is like, what? Like, I don't know. It shocked me because initially I thought, wow, getting married young, I might set myself back because I'm making a big decision when I should be like having my college experience and being young and all that. But I've realized a lot of the young period, a lot of the young married people I know are actually like ahead of the game because they, they take on an extra level of maturity at a young age That's so true. and step up at a young age and they grow up faster. You really are. I mean, you do miss out on a college experience in, in the traditional sense, I would say. Or you're but, like standard early yeah, 20s experience. But then you get a fully new experience, right? Like it's really flipping fun to be married when you're young. Um, I, I'm gonna stop there because I, I I want yeah I don't I don't want to say anything like too uh, in, encouraging I guess because I, I it, because it is such a big decision I want people to like really I think, think it's it. r- it's right for some people but yeah. probably not for most honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, probably more people than decide to do it. Yeah. If that does that make sense. You definitely need to take on like... Oh, dang. I forgot to put on deodorant today. It's all good. I can't smell you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, next question. What do we got? Okay, this one's from Pia from Germany, which, by the way, I love the name Pia. That's, That's so, so sweet. sweet. Hi, guys. My husband and I, they're both 25, are having their first baby, a little boy, in the next weeks. We just moved out of my parents' house to enjoy at least a few weeks of being just the two of us. I'd like to ask you guys for advice for first-time parents about the baby. Like three things you wish you had known back when little Griffin came to join your family or three advices you'd give yourself now looking back. All the best and so excited for the next episode. Griffin is now nine months. He just turned nine months the other day. Um, and it's been like he's gotten so flipping cute, first of all. So oh my gosh. just, just well, get ready. The first thing I thought of that I want to tell you and I wish someone would have told me this. It gets so much better. And now I want to say this, like the newborn months are so, so, so precious. Like, and they go so fast. But I kind of needed someone early on to tell me it's going to get easier because it does get easier. There yeah. were moms telling me and parents probably not necessarily trying to be discouraging, but it was super discouraging. They always tell me, just wait, it only gets harder. Like, wait till they start it's always like, just wait till they start crawling. Just wait till they start walking. Wait till they start yeah. talking. Wait till they start having an attitude. Like, it was always like they were getting me to dread the next stage. And I hated being in that place because I was loving motherhood, but I was at the time, but I was also so excited for the future of what it was going to be like to raise our kids. Yeah. And in the newborn stage, you're kind of limited to just their basic survival needs <laughs> like you're basically spending your time feeding changing diapers making sure they're you know getting good rest it's it's basic needs but it gets so much more fun when you yeah. get to start to interact with them and communicate with them and they yes. can communicate with you so just know like if you're struggling in those early months it gets so much better and my advice would be to get your shit together before the baby comes because oh man did it hit us like a, a train because we're just we're disorganized we're unplanned like that's why we named this podcast the unplanned podcast because we are not like structured on time you know on top of it people and oh boy did that just like shake us to the core having a baby because now it's like even though used to we could sleep in and just like stay up really late and do all these things like just just live loosey-goosey lives and we had a lot of freedom now like we're we're really limited uh, in a lot of ways which is okay because like I, we know, love I feel like it's kind of good to live it up before you have the baby well I'm, I'm saying like it's good to live it up before you have a baby but you need to like have systems and structures in place to make sure that um you're prepared when the baby comes because I, I would say we didn't as much um especially as small as business owners ourselves like I was yeah, like, maybe okay, get your work stuff situated. Yeah, get get work figured out. Whether you, um, I don't know, work for a corporation or a teacher. I, I don't know. Whatever your job is, like, get that figured out too, because we did it on our end, and then it just kind of like hit us really hard. Yeah, I think we still had a pretty smooth transition though into parenthood. I don't know. It felt natural to me. Yeah, I, I just think like all my expectations. Like, I okay, a stupid. This was so dumb. I was like, once I'm a dad, once I like, once my baby comes, like, oh, I'm yeah? gonna then I'm gonna start working out. <laughs> like what what why you like even think that i don't would... even know like you're gonna <laughs> your time is just like psh, gone like you have way less time and um like abby said though it gets so much more fun right now griffin's like basically turned into like a little boy he's like oh my god he's so communicative now he doesn't speak english obviously like he's not at that point he where speaks he's baby he speaks baby babble but 
he's just so cute and he'll smile at us and giggle with us and we can tickle have tickle fights together and it's just like the freaking cutest thing ever you hear their little laughs when they start to recognize you and prefer you like it's so so precious and watching them just grow up it's like it's truly something that you can never understand until you have children and um so it's it's so much joy and it just gets better it truly Mm -hmm. does um something else i wanted to say was um Oh, gosh. I forgot about it. When you were talking, I was thinking about it, but then I was trying to listen to what you said, and then I forgot what I was saying. I was going to say one other thing, um, like getting childcare figured out before the baby comes, uh, because like say you are needing to hire a babysitter or, or a nanny, or you want to have some situation with your parents worked out where, with, where your parents can watch your kid when you're at work, like you definitely need to have those things figured out. Oh, I, th- I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Let go of expectations yeah. because um, there are so many fields of thought when it comes to raising a baby. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be people in your life that are lovingly going to try to, you know, say this is how you should do feeding. This is how you should do regarding breastfeeding or formula or baby led weaning or no sugar, like I don't, no screen time, a little bit of screen time. Like there's going to be so many fields of thought and just do your own research and then also follow your own intuition because mm-hmm. there's going to be such a, it's going to be a hot mess of opinions and just follow, follow your own. Beat the beat of your own drum. <laughs> yeah, honestly, just, I think have confidence in knowing that you are the best parent for your baby. Yeah. And, um, you're able to, you're fully capable of meeting your child's needs. Yeah. So, yeah. One other thing, have a weekly date night. It's so easy when you're a new parent to just put all of your energy and focus into your kid and oh, not your so spouse. True. And that can quickly wreck your marriage. And so we've found, we've had moments in the past nine months where we just haven't been focused on our marriage mm-hmm. because we've been so focused on our baby. And it's it's not good. It's not healthy for your marriage. And it's actually better to prioritize your marriage, which that will then in turn like help your baby right because yeah it's so sweet like when we yeah. kiss in front of griffin he loves it he loves he it freaking loves i it. think i think there is something just like built in us that like when everything's good between mom and dad yeah like it feels safe yeah. you know i have a friend i felt really close with we met as roommates in college and got really close over the year then i even asked her to be a bridesmaid in my wedding i love her so much and her energy helped me become a better more confident person now that we don't live together, I feel like I rarely hear from her. I text her multiple times over a month and I barely hear back once. Aww. I can't tell if she's just a really bad texter or doesn't want to text me specifically. It definitely feels like she isn't trying very hard at her friendship. I don't want to give up on it because I really liked her. Should I keep pursuing this friendship? Should I confront her and how? Ah, I hate that. Yeah. It's so sad because I think, look, I- I'm guess- wait, she said that she was in college with her roommate. Well, it... Oh, yeah. We met as roommates in college. So okay. probably like after college, she got married. And- I think that's been one of the saddest things is I've realized recently I, I don't talk to my college roommates as much. And they were so like I was so close with them in college. They were groomsmen in my wedding. And the people that I talk to now aren't the people that I talked to four years ago. I think that there's still a way to make sure those relationships still um keep going like i know one of my roommates is going to stay with us here and visit us in phoenix here in a month with his wife and another one i'll facetime from time to time um so you can definitely keep those relationships going but it definitely looks different 
after college, especially if you move away, if you don't live in the same city, like how, how are you going to hang out every day? Like you used to in college. It's just, it's impossible. It's yeah. Not, it's I not- think that was something that I had unrealistic expectations for entering into marriage is that it did change my friendships. Yeah. Um, because you kind of took priority. Whereas you didn't necessarily have priority as my boyfriend. You kind of did, but like, I still really spent a lot of time with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And so it did, put me in a stage where I felt disconnected from people that I once was really close with. And that made me really sad. Like, yeah. do you remember? I remember there's one specific night. Oh, yeah. Like, I was literally just crying on the couch of our apartment because um, I was seeing my girlfriends hang out and oh, I wasn't there. And yeah. I wasn't invited and I didn't even know what was going on. And that was a tough thing to realize is that, like, I don't even think they did it. No, they, they weren't didn't. intentionally leaving me out. They but didn't. I w- they definitely didn't. They, did- they weren't intentionally leaving me out, but all of a sudden I was in a place where I just was like easy to forget because I wasn't living with them. I yeah. wasn't, you know, I was, I had kind of moved on in a way from mm-hmm. where they were. Um, so it's really tough. But what I don't regret is I did have a tough conversation with them. And I wasn't like, I would say definitely be very aware of how you approach the conversation. But I do think a conversation should happen where you're like, hey, like I just, I know you probably didn't mean to do this. Just go ahead and phrase it like that from the beginning mm-hmm. and just say like, I kind of, I wish we were closer. Like I wish we could hang out more. And um, sometimes it feels like I'm putting more into this friendship than um, you are. Like things like that. I think you can really lay it out, but make sure it's in not a blaming way, but just a very like kind and gentle way. And then um, I think a lot can be gathered about someone's, like how they are as a friend to you based on how they respond to tough conversations like that. What I love about Abby is she's not afraid to have the hard conversations with her friends. So if somebody does something or says something that hurts Abby's feelings, she's going to say something about it. She's not going to go talk behind behind someone's back and like get a million people's opinion about what she should do first. Like she just goes directly to them and says like, hey, you did this and it hurt my feelings. And in that situation, I think you went directly to your friend who uh, you, you just felt hurt by because you weren't invited to that hangout. This was like literally, this was like over two years ago now. Yeah, this is crazy. It was like two and a half years ago in college um, when COVID was still going on. But yeah, like you went directly to them and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like we literally just like, it slipped my mind. And I think that to you though, made you realize, wow, like I've entered this different stage of life and I, I want to have these friendships still, but it is going to look differently now that I'm married. Yeah. And I think that the best thing you can do, yeah, is just to tell them directly and then um, no resentment will build up and like it shouldn't build up then because you're getting it out there and getting the response. And, and I think you can gather a lot by how they respond. Like my friends were like, oh my gosh, I totally didn't realize I did that. Like, thanks for telling me. And then we kind of made like I think arrangements to see each other or kind of figured something out. But um, definitely go directly to the person because gossip will do nothing for the situation except make it worse. Yeah. This one says, I'm a new mom to, th- to a three-month-old. Side story, she's a miracle baby. When she was born, she wasn't breathing and had to have open heart surgery right away. Oh, my gosh. God is good and she is thriving. Doctors are amazed with her health. My husband and I are so grateful for her. I'm looking for fun activities to do with my baby. I can tend to get stuck in a rut and stay at home. Any fun ideas for mom and baby or even a young family to do together? Ooh, we just went on a walk around a, a local lake in Arizona. Yeah. 
And like that was really cool. And I feel like if you go if you go to parks and like lakes and places where like maybe you see other families, I feel like just getting out. Getting out, outside is uh, like the key. So good for your mental health. And then hopefully you like would meet somebody too that you could end up hanging with. And I think it'll make your baby happy too. I think three months is hard because they're still super, super young. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is look up on like Pinterest. Just look up activities for a three-month-old. And I've been starting to do that with Griffin now. And like I did like a sensory bin for like an eight-month-old. And now I'm looking at stuff for a nine-month-old. They have – there's so many smart people out there that have yeah. come up with like – Activities to foster development in the exact stage that your baby's in. Also, KiwiCo is a service that like will send stuff directly to your house. Oh, for, yeah. We did a brand deal with them like yeah. a couple months ago. And they know exactly Griffin. how old your baby is. And they'll send products yeah. that are perfect for the exact stage in development they are. Oh, that's true. Here's something else that we kind of did that was a little controversial, I guess. Which was we kind of, especially when they're that young, we kind of just kept generally our same schedule and patterns but then just took griffin along yeah yeah and he became such an adaptable chill baby from that and i don't know i think he gained a lot too from he got to see the world well i think it's really good to keep doing a lot of the things that you did before kids because you want to take care of yourself too and you can't just like abandon all fun as an adult because you have a kid but at the same time, you need to approach it with a new mindset. And Extra I think, prepared. I think we learned this in Hawaii because Hawaii didn't really feel like the re- relaxing trip we were hoping for. <laughs> we, uh, we were really just existing in a different place in Hawaii when we went there for a month because I had all these plans to do all these crazy hikes and like didn't really think through the fact that we had a <laughs> seven-month-old with us. And so that being said, like you can do a lot of the stuff that you did before, but you need to approach it with a new mindset and plan accordingly because I didn't do that in Hawaii. And then I was really let down because I, I thought we could do all these things that we used to do and we didn't. And it was it was harder. Um, and uh, yeah, so definitely adjust your expectations. Adjust your expectations, but still try to get out because I think it's going to be good for your baby. It's going to be good for you. Yeah, be around other people so they get adjusted to environments around other adults. Because I think if you just have that as a normal thing that your kid does is being around adults, being around They know how to crowds. behave. They know how to behave and they're not going to freak out if like you don't take your kid out of the house for five years and then boom, they're at a restaurant oh, and, that's they, what I was gonna and say. they freak out. I was yeah. going to say get out for you too so you mentally know you can go somewhere with your baby because yeah. sometimes I literally thought that I couldn't go somewhere with Griffin if Matt wasn't there because I became so dependent yeah. and then he went away for a little bit and it grew my confidence as a mom yeah. so much to like go to Costco with Griffin by myself, to go to friend's house with Griffin by myself because I needed to build a little mama mm-hmm. confidence and I wasn't doing that in my own house. Yeah. I've also learned as a dad, like expectations are everything. So if I'm like trying to get a bunch of work done and then I'm like watching Griffin, sometimes I can get really frustrated if he is very, very needy and I have like all these tasks in my head that I'm trying to accomplish and he's keeping me from doing them. But then again, if I'm watching Griffin and I have the expectation of like, okay, I might do this one thing and accomplish this one task, but really he's my focus right now, then I that experience is a lot more enjoyable because really he's my focus. Um, I don't have a lot of stuff that like are planned to do. And I think that's kind of the mindset you need to take when taking your kid out to the park or to a restaurant, stuff like that. Yeah, like last night we tried to go to a friend's house and have oh, dinner yeah. and Griffin was just not having it. He was having a tough time. And so we just left. And that's yeah. totally fine. We still went there and 
Yeah. Everyone was okay. Everyone was yeah. fine. It was a bummer. I, I was It bummed. was a bummer. I wanted to play Mario Kart with our friends, Mike and Ashley. Yeah, Mario Kart is such a fun game. We need to get it, okay? Why do we not have Mario Kart at our house? Because we don't have a console. We need to buy the Nintendo Switch and we can play Mario Kart together. Oh, so, man. Okay. Next but, question. Um, yeah. You can always <laughs> revert and come home if you need to. Yeah. Hey, real quick, if you could please leave our podcast a review, it would mean the world to us. It only takes just a couple of seconds, and you can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to our podcast on. Seriously, guys, it helps push it out to a lot more people, and it really, really does help us. So we'd really appreciate it. And if you're driving right now, please do not leave review while you're driving. You can just like like pull over or something. Just don't, please don't be unsafe. Um, we'd really appreciate your help in pushing the podcast out to more people. And now back to the episode. Or you can even like share it with a friend hey yeah could you share this with a friend okay thanks back to the episode i've been with my boyfriend since i was 17 i'm now 23 we've also lived together for a year and have both said that we want to get married and have kids i haven't seen any signs that he's getting ready to propose as of yet how can i subtly let him know that i'm ready for a proposal Ooh. my question is why does it have to be subtle oh yeah why can't you just say hey like what's going on yeah like if you're you want to be subtle because I mean this in such a like a gentle way, but like if you are wanting to approach it in a subtle way because you don't want to like scare him, like why is he is he the marrying type if he's scared of having that conversation? Is he going to get cold feet? Then I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I think if you're living together and you're not like saying, hey, I want to get married and just so you know, like I don't want to say an ultimatum, but like if you don't give some sort of timeline to like your expectations for them, then I think I feel like a guy might just be like, okay, like cool, we'll just like keep doing this and just do this for however long we feel like doing this. Like it won't, they won't take it seriously. So I think that clearly communicating to your your boyfriend or fiance or whatever, like communicating, hey, just so you know, these are my expectations. I'm I'm in this for marriage, and if you're not like. Yeah. I think that's tough because they've been together now for like six years. It is, that is really tough. That's super tough. And I think that if you've been together for six years, you should be comfortable enough to have a conversation like that yeah. where it doesn't even really have to be subtle. Where that's you true. say like, hey, um, this is something that's really important to me. And I think we've been together for a long time. Um, like kind of what's your – maybe just first pose it. Like don't – I'm not saying to like be aggressive about this. But first pose it as a question like – Maybe, hey, we haven't talked about, like, marriage in a while. Like, I'm just curious, like, what's your ideal timeline for this? And what does that look like? And then you can kind of, like, hear his side of things first. And then be like, okay, like, I th- I, th- I agree with that. Like, that feels good to me. I feel ready to move forward with this. Or if it's, like, pretty different, be like, oh, I'm kind of surprised by that. Because when we moved in together, I thought this was... That's good. Yeah, I think you should definitely. Sorry, I kind of my response is almost like go in guns a blazing. Don't go in guns a blazing. Okay, you're gonna scare your boyfriend. You're gonna scare your fiance. I think you need to go into it like asking questions first, like asking, hey, what is your timeline for marriage? What is your timeline for engagement? Because like, who knows? Is, he could already have a ring. May, yeah, maybe he's like, maybe he's like, well, actually, I was gonna propose to you tomorrow. Like and he gets you, down you have, on one knee right you there. You have literally no idea. Okay, so I think you need to go in with questions first to understand where he's at. And then once once he explains his timeline, his expectations, then I think you need to go in and say, "Hey, well, I want you to know that th- these are my expectations. This is my this is my time timeline. This is how I feel." And make a conversation about it. But I, I think that that's going to be a lot more effective than subtly going in and being like, "It'd be so cute to get married." Like I don't know, just like trying to throw well, in like subtle. Because for us, the conversations were extremely explicit. Yeah, we had very because direct. it wasn't like. 
I mean, even though you proposed to me, like, yeah. it was, we were both making this decision to go into marriage. So I wasn't, like, yeah. I was not shocked when we got engaged. You know, we were yeah. talking about marriage. We were talking about the specific timelines <laughs> yeah. and everything. I think that was the funniest thing to me when we got engaged. I used to think as a kid, like, people would, uh, just a dude would like, just maybe decide. maybe they're going to say no. A dude would just decide one day, like, yeah, I think I'll just propose <laughs> today. And then, boom, like, propose. Like, no, like, I realized as I got older, no, you have a, you have a conversation first. Like, the proposal Literally. is really, it's, per, it's, it's like more of just a like show. a, it's really a show. It's yeah. a romantic gesture. It is. It's a romantic gesture. You've already had the conversation. You've already, you know, done all that. You, If you want to be traditional, um, you can talk to their parents. That's what I did. But I don't think that's necessary. I don't think you. I'm just saying, I think this girl has every right to be direct. Wait, do you think that it's necessary that guys talk to the um, parents of the girl before they propose? Um, I don't think it's necessary. I would say too. I think, I think it's a respectful thing to do, yes. but it's between the two of you. Exactly. I think it's respectful. And I think when you get married, oftentimes you are marrying the family and you got to like, be aware I don't know. of that. I think it's an old... It's an old-fashioned thing that's not exactly sweet because it's like your dad doesn't own you as a girl. Exactly. exactly. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Like if my dad would have said no... We still would have gotten married. It's, I think it's more so of just like a filling the parents in sort of thing. I think it's and a sh- very, I think it's, I think it's a very, very respectful thing to do. Yes. And I think you should do it. Yeah. But if they but say if no, if you have crazy parents, that's not on you. Exactly. Like, and if the and if the dad says no, and you've already made that decision with your soon to be fiance, I don't fiance, think it's wrong to go forward. With exactly. It. You can just go ahead. But I think it's probably the right thing to do just to let them know. But you're really not asking for permission. You're really just saying, hey, just you know, I'm gonna do this, and I'm letting you know. That's kind of what yeah, it is. Yeah, but I don't think it should be phrased that way. Yeah, that's know? true. You want if I had a daughter and yeah. I'd be like, well, hello there, yeah. like nice to meet you. Like I would be like yeah. put off by that. I think it's, I still think it's so funny to this day that me and your dad had like a less than a minute conversation and then me and your mom talked for like over an hour. Yeah, I think that's how it normally goes. <laughs> yeah. So we're having our first baby due August 9th. Woo! Very close to our due date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Matt, do you remember our due date? Due date is August 15th. There you go. It's literally right there. We have it up in the podcast. Is that, studio. did you cheat and look at that? No, I didn't. Okay. You can go back to the footage and look. <laughs> the second baby is a little different already. Yeah, like oh we're gosh. a little bit. Okay, and I'm getting nervous on how to draw boundaries with our family when it comes to visiting the hospital, etc. Any Mm. advice? Oh, that's good. What would you say, Abby? That is such a personal matter because um, even between me and my sister-in-law, we're very different on this topic. And so, um, gosh, you're always going to hear me say this, but you have to be just open and direct in your conversations. Yeah. You can't beat around the bush with these things because – like I said, it can only make you grow resentment when it's just like, if you could have just communicated, which we are not always the best communicators at all. And so I think it's something that as I've gotten older, I've realized open communication is so important. Oh my gosh. And it doesn't mean that you don't, you know, say things sometimes in a nicer, more roundabout way, but yeah. the conversation needs to happen. Setting boundaries with the hospital visit is super important because if you don't discuss that beforehand you're going to get burned something's going to happen and then you're going to go gossip to your friends about how this person did this to you and it's like then it just creates all this or they drama. showed up unannounced when yeah. they thought that they were going to be like maybe in their heads they're like it's going to be such a sweet surprise for them to see us yes and there's just and it just creates all this controversy and conflict when if you just have the uncomfortable conversation of telling people exactly what you want beforehand then it solves all of that and you won't have to deal with any of that so, and if they feel offended just acknowledge that say like i'm sorry like i know you want to be a part of this so much 
Just yeah. be like, to be, and especially because it's your first, just be like, hey, personally, I don't know how I'm going to feel. So I'm going to let my husband communicate with you my needs. Also, like, make your husband be the bad guy because yeah. you've just gone through a lot. Yeah. Like, you are going through a major transition. Let your husband be the one. Um, if I don't know your relationship with your family, but I, that might be a good option. Just like to say, like, or if you don't know how you're going to feel, just literally be like, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel in the hospital. Like, I want you to be involved with this baby and I know you're so excited. Um, let me let you know before you come or things like that. Just yeah. make it explicit. And so, and be extra um, more on the conservative side with that because yeah. then you can always just be like, hey, you know what? Why don't you come on over? Like if you feel up to it, but yeah. say like, Maybe you say we don't want any guests in the hospital be, like as of right now because we're not sure what it's going to be like, you know? Yeah, set expectations before. And just know that like they're so excited for you and they, they're coming most likely from a very mm-hmm. good place and not trying to like overstep. Oh, that looks like a big one. There's, you want to do a long one? Yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of okay. words written there. <laughs> wow. This one says, I'm often wondering about where the parents of your spouse slash partner start to cross the line in regards mm-hmm. to your relationship with said spouse slash partner. I was raised in a way that I believe the relationship between you and your partner is you and yours only. And you two are the ones making decisions, choosing your partner, solving your problems. Because of that, I believe that parents interfering with your, interfering with your problems is, in a relationship is not a good idea. My partner, on the other hand, has a different opinion or was raised differently. And his mom often asks what I do in our relationship what we talk about or how we resolve our problems and Mm. what the problems are. Now, I actually appreciate the concern and maybe the thought behind it is to help or to give insight or so on. On the other hand, my parents always ask questions about what we do and what my partner is doing, etc. too, but never ask about fights or disagreements and just give some general advice here and there, as probably a lot of parents do. The reason I think parents shouldn't interfere very much is because they don't feel the same love their child feels towards their partner. Their child and their partner then resolve the problem eventually and still love and appreciate each other. But if a parent hears about the disagreement, they would, I think, naturally want to protect their child and often disagree with the partner. If they hear about the fights often, even small fights, they start to lean more to disliking the partner, which I feel is happening to me, especially the mom of my partner not understanding my background and my opinions and our decisions, etc., And her advice is then also coming from the same place of loving and protecting her child first, of course. This is probably happening gradually. So her question is, I was wondering to what extent you two include your parents in your fights or problems about how you communicate about it after or during, and have you ever fought about that? We are in our early 20s and have been together a few years, and I think the parents play an important role here also because of our age, Mm -hmm. and maybe just some general advice on how to include parents in a relationship in a healthy amount. Wow, okay, I think first off, um, not a good idea, including your parents and your fights and quarrels, not a good idea. Your parents are naturally going to have your back. They're going to, they're going to take your side. They're not going to get things big no, picture. No, honestly, in our relationship, it's the opposite. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> because they like, lived with you. They yeah, know your flaws. Yeah, my parents always, my parents literally never take my side. They take your side. And, and then, my parents always take your side That's actually and not hilarious. Side, that's funny that you mentioned that. Which I think it can take opposite yeah. routes, but, um. Yes. Continue with what you were saying. But I think like it's definitely more healthy. Like if you have a friend that's uh, like if, if okay, look, you got to try to work it out between the two of you. But if there's something that like you really do, I don't know, you just need you need to you need to vent with your your friend. That's also a couple, right? We all like all of our friends are couples. I don't know why that is. Well, it makes sense to me. We're, we're, we're always together. You were always together. So we always hang out with other couples, other married couples. And so when you talk through things with other married couples, 
they can see the big picture. They're they're like, ah, like it's it, there's no there's always two sides of, of the story. There's always more going on. It's not like one person's right and one person's wrong. So I think that's like helpful just to if you have a friend that's like a young married couple as well, you can talk through those things and you'll honestly laugh about it because you'll realize that you deal with the same crap. Like everybody's going through the same crap. Um, and what's funny to me is like when we were talking to one of our married couple friends one time, uh, the the wife was just like, and I just wish he would just give me a hug and just hold me and I would feel so much better. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that when it, whenever you're down, like all I want to do is hold you. And you're like, stop holding me. Talk to me. <laughs> but it was like, it was like we had the reverse problem anyway. Well, okay. So it's really nice, like Matt's saying, talking about it with couples because then usually the wife can like give you insight so you don't think I'm just like a crazy person. Yeah. Or like, but then even with that, you have to be so careful because what I want to stress to you is that you always in a marriage want to respect, I call it like the oneness of your relationship. Like the two of you have to both have this understanding that, how how do I want to explain what I'm saying? Yeah, like if you're going to openly like fight in front of people, that kind of breaches like a level of trust. Uh Like if if Abby or I talk to each other in a negative way in front of other people in public around other people, then it's like, whoa, can we not just keep like if we're having some dispute, can we just keep it private and just like have a conversation um, in private away from the public eye? And there is a time and place where you can like approach this in a safe and respectful way yeah um but i think that's very 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 difficult to do with parents because like you're saying um there's intense biases when it comes to that and you want to find someone like we're saying a couple is pretty impartial because you have both the wife and the husband to like Mm -hmm. kind of give their feedback or like a, a counselor they're going to be more hopefully if they're a good counselor like impartial to either side i think with parents it's very very difficult for them to stay impartial and so i think that we it's not like we would never show conflict in front of our parents um but we are mindful about how we go about it also in a weird way i feel like it just depends on your relationship with your parents or your in-laws because in some ways i feel like your parents give us really good impartial marriage advice sometimes honestly they do We've had like interventions before. We're like, actually, oh my gosh, we're like, I'm literally biting my tongue. We like sat down and we talked with my parents and my my mom was like almost like a counselor. (laughs) Yeah, I do think it depends on your relationship with your parents. Because I also have other friends that like, they talk about like deep things that are involved in their marriage. But I think both both partners have to be on board for that yeah you gotta understand though i'm wildly independent so like it's not like my mom and i are like really really close to me like i talk i call yes. my mom like i'm i'm bad you guys if I you forget- talk to your mom i'm almost always on the phone too I, I i forget to call my mom and my dad like i just like i don't call home as much like i've gotten better i i call home like once a week now for the most part um sometimes i forget but like it's not like I'm like this mama's boy. So if I was like a mama's boy and I had like a really tight, close relationship with my mom and I was like telling her all this, like, you know, all the drama that Abby and I go through, then I feel like that'd be an unhealthy situation where the mom's like going to like back me up, like as my best friend trying to like tell you why you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? I think why it's also healthy is that it's not like you're talking to your parents and I'm not there. Like I'm, I'm present. Yeah. When that when those conversations are brought up. Yeah. Whereas I think in this situation, her husband's talking to the mom. Pa- it seems like, like it might be without more her of a, involved. Yeah, it might be more of a mama's boy situation. Yeah. And yeah. I think that also like she did bring up a good point. Their age also plays a factor because your parents are still letting go of yeah. 
What are you laughing? I'm at? just laughing because like with my parents, <laughs> I feel like they never take my side with anything. It's like, oh, what's Matt's opinion? Matt's wrong. <laughs> Matt's wrong. No, not necessarily. Parents, I well, honestly, I think that. I butt, I, yeah, I butt heads with my mom is what's funny. Like, but in a sweet, in a sweet way. way. No, my like, parents, my parents are amazing. Like, we, yeah, your parents are really unique in the sense that they're able to like, we're able to have those conversations no. totally comfortable. I'm, yeah, I'm blessed to have really good parents. But to her issue, I think that this is not the same situation. It seems like it, the husband is talking without her present, and it seems like it's hurting. It's like she's saying it's hurting the way they view her. And that's not fair. So I think that that conversation needs to happen, not necessarily between you and your in-laws, but between you and your husband. Yeah. And say, hey, I think that maybe just say, like, I really value, like, the oneness in our relationship. And it's not that I don't want to include people in, like, resolving conflict between the two of us. But I think that it needs to be dealt with in a more impartial Yeah. This one says, I was dating a guy I really liked for a while. Okay. Six months. Yeah. And we even started talking about marriage and wedding dates. Things were really starting to progress to the point of encouragement and or to to progress to the point of engagement. Oh, wow. And then he dumped me. He said it was all him and not anything about me. And he loved me. He told me he can prioritize me while he was studying to be a dentist. I think she meant like he couldn't prioritize her. Oh, okay. This broke my heart. I thought I finally found the one. He was all I thought about. Now, two months later, he texts me to talk. And well, guess what? He wants to get back together. Ah. I agreed because I think I really do love him. We have been pretending like nothing happened and going back to where we left off talking about marriage. Is that crazy? He broke up with me when life got hard for him. Okay. What if he does it again? Ooh, what do I do? Am I an that's... idiot or is this fate? So the question is, should I marry a guy that broke up with me and now wants to get back together? Okay. Th- first off, I want to say we just had your grandparents on the podcast and your grandparents like probably almost split like so many times. Well, actually, they they broke up and got back she together again. She gave the ring back. She gave the ring back. Multiple like, times. Like and so, times. and I think your grandparents being married 56 years is the perfect example of like successful marriages can start off imperfectly. Rocky. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. You can do everything right in the beginning of your relationship and everything can be perfect. And then you get married and then you Things divorce. Don't work out. It, it, it happens all the time. And then conversely, like Abby's grandparents, everything can go wrong in the beginning and then it can end up working out. So, and being a great marriage that lasts so consider 50 that. plus years. So consider that. But that being said, Let's be smart. Let's be wise. Let's use wisdom in this situation. Um, Yeah, there's definitely some red flags there. I have a couple thoughts on this. Yeah. So to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe this guy just totally understands the gravity of the decision that he's about to enter. That marriage is life changing and it's a commitment and it takes work and he is unsure if he's in the stage of life where he's able to commit to that. Yeah, and I think because it is, she said he's studying to be a dentist. And I found that very interesting because he decided to prioritize his career over his relationship, and I think that's a really big decision that young couples have to make early in life. Are you going to take on this new age idea of prioritize your career, be a be a boss, be a be a um, a business owner, whatever? Like prioritize work over your. Um, your relationships, right? Like your career matters more rather than I think an older mindset was like, no, you got to prioritize your relationships over your work. Like your work is is for your relationships, not the other way around. For us, initially in our relationship, we are prior, we actually prioritized our relationship over anything else. Um, we both wanted to be actors. We both, both wanted to potentially be on Broadway one day. We wanted to move to New York City and be in shows. And we decided to go to school for theater. And then we ended up quitting our 
like that degree path and went to like traditional degree paths instead. I went to go study finance. Abby was studying elementary education after a first semester at college because we wanted to prioritize our relationship. I think that's a big decision that you have to make as a young couple. And it's clear that that's, that's what happened in that situation. Yeah. But I don't think, while it's something to take note of for sure, and like that should advise decisions you make in the future with your relationship, I don't think that him breaking up with you is enough to be like, nope, never again. Like my hands are washed of him. Yeah. Because the reason being, I probably would have said that. I probably would have said that before just because I was just ignorant to that what that situation was because we dated and we didn't break up and we got married and it worked out great. But... I know too many people now that have been married that they're like, yeah, like we actually dated previously, didn't work out, things didn't work out, and then we broke up and then got back together. Yeah. So I don't think that should be the reason that you don't entertain this. If you really think that this guy could be the one and you love him, I don't think that's enough to just completely disregard it. But don't just go crawling back into his arms the second that he wants you back like yeah. you i would play hard to get i would i would be a little tough with this guy i think that you guy. need to draw some boundaries you then do. too and say like you know this hurt me yes like i was all in for this i think as a way to protect yourself you yes. need to tell like you need to definitely have those boundaries and make it clear to him that he needs to show you why why you should trust him like why you should fully um think he's serious this time because if before he he ended up switching gears and breaking up with you like you need to make sure that something's actually changed in him rather than him still being all over the place and not knowing what he actually wants yeah because if it's only been two months like it's not that i don't think that his mentality could change about marriage it's just that he does need to explain some things and i think it boils down to you need to value your own heart like and protect yourself in this too because if you've been hurt and crushed by this then that you can't just keep opening yourself up for that all the time because then you're just going to become jaded to all relationships if this doesn't work out you know yeah it's so interesting how this is such a common challenge that young people face like for us initially we chose a relationship and i think um since doing social media there's definitely been times where you were like matt you're like prioritizing work Mm-hmm. over over our relationship and i think you were right in in some of those situations and i think it's just a constant struggle i think there's nothing wrong with prioritizing work if you're someone that's not married or or maybe even if you are married it's okay to prioritize work for a time because sometimes maybe maybe you need to pay the bills and you need food on the table and and there's no other option than to work your butt off just to be able to uh keep the lights on at your house but you need to make sure that at the core of Um, everything. If you're going to be married and in a relationship, you need to be putting that before your job. I do have a hard time too when people are like, right now, like I just can't even think about marriage because there's so much going on. It's like your life will never be just like until you're retired and you're like in your 60s, it's never going to be just like there's nothing going on. It's just me and you. Yeah. Like you are choosing a partner to go through all the ups and downs of life with. That yeah. includes like when your work is being extremely demanding. That includes when, you know, one of you is sick or, you know, it includes all of those highs and lows. Yeah. So to say like I can't even think about marriage right now because like this, that and the other. Sometimes I'm like what is – what do you think life is going to look totally. like? Because – I think there can be some situations where like that's just that's wisdom. Yeah. But there's also situations where I'm like that's just unrealistic. And in life you got to choose your heart, right? Like 
being not being married is hard. Like you might be lonely and you might wish that you had a partner to go through life with. Being married is hard because then you have you're marrying a set of problems. Then you have someone with you all the time. Yes. <laughs> and like when you're mar- like when you marry someone you're really ma- you're choosing your set of problems. No matter who you marry, you're going to marry into problems and that's like a really big decision. You you have to understand that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not like Hollywood makes it out to be. So so recognize that. Um, but I will say, like me as a young guy getting married, I had cold feet going into the marriage. Like a month before the wedding, I was like, "Holy f, are we actually doing this? Is this actually a yeah. lifelong commitment?" A month before Griffin was born, I was like, "Holy f, is, am I actually so having this a baby?" So maybe just getting cold feet. Yeah, and I got that. I and know you got that. And he's communicating with you, but maybe maybe he's having a hard time communicating that. Yeah. So then it just resulted in him fleeing for a little bit, and then he was like, "What am I doing? Like that's not really what I want." So. Like I said, her question was, should I marry a guy that broke up with me and now wants to get back together? My answer is maybe. Like, yeah, but don't just go in being all naive. Like, go in with wisdom. Go in uh, maybe say making like, sure you're hey, asking. I'm not going to do this again. Ask the right questions. <laughs> it really comes down to asking the right questions. If you can yeah. ask this guy the right questions and make sure that he's... Like, what question would you ask this guy? Oh, man. I'd say, what changed? That's the biggest one. What changed from um two months ago till now? Yeah. Right? Um, There's so many more. Like... What are your expectations now with our relationship? Because, uh-huh. like, because what's I'm dentistry ready, gonna look like I'm in someone, our marriage? Exactly. And like I'm someone that once I, I see myself getting married in the next year or so. Like, what what does that look like for you? Uh, are you willing to be married while you're going through dentistry school? And you might have to be poor and like eat like rice and beans for a little bit just to pay the bills. But the thing is, like, money doesn't make you happy. We've learned that, we've experienced that. We were super, super happy when we were poor, living in low income housing in college. Like there's a lot of freaking fun stuff you can do when you don't have money. There's a lot of free crap you can do that's fun. So it's like, you can be poor and like have your spouse going through dentistry school and have a lot of freaking fun. So don't think like, oh, well, this is gonna, this is this, these years are gonna suck because you won't have any money to do anything. You can do so much without money. Yeah. Not to say that like, I, I think it's a tool, right? Like it's nice to like buy a house. It's nice to um, buy a car, but like, I don't know. I think you need to just like think about what you want. Think about what they want. Make sure that you're on the same page. It doesn't and ask, seem like it's a financial thing. Yeah. But ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. I think that's really good advice. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you so much for watching the Unplanned Podcast. If you haven't already hit the like button, hit subscribe. It would really help us out. If you're listening on a podcast platform, definitely leave us a review. It helps us out so much. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Abby, can you read a review that we, we got? Here we go. This is from at it's Meg's page on Instagram. I followed y'all for a couple years now and I just love how y'all are with each other, how much you consider each other. I will be getting married at the beginning of May and y'all have given me so much comfort in being ready for such a big step in my life. Helped with understanding and just being open with my spouse. Thank y'all so much for being who you are. May the 4th be with you. Oh, that's our wedding date. Wow. Uh, we'll that's think so about cute. you on May the 4th. Congratulations, yeah. Meg. Thank Good you, Good luck Meg. with everything and thank you so much for leaving a review. It means so much to us. Thank you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.